Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, our final episode of 2021, we talk coal in our Cleveland sports stockings, the undecided AFC divisions, college bowl madness, and we look ahead to new movies coming in 2022. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever. Co-host Phil Danko is here. Hi, Gerbs. Merry Christmas. Thanks, buddy. And returning from his fall bird-watching sabbatical, Tom Burke is back. Glad to be back. Uh, actually, it's it's nice to finally get an invite, Gerbs. <laughs> I've been dying to get on the show and uh, to, to finally get, get on. This, uh, this is a dream of mine, so this is a lot of fun. <laughs> right. And Merry Christmas also. Thanks, buddy. Well, Tommy, since you're back and so excited to be here, let's start with you tonight. YouGov.com released its list of the most admired people in the world this week. For the men, former President Obama retained his position at number one, followed at number two by Bill Gates. Vladimir Putin jumped three spots up to nine. Former, allegedly, President Trump finished a respectable 13, followed by a whole bunch of people I've never heard of. But the biggest controversy by far is Jackie Chan holding his position at five for another year. Tommy, can you trust a ranking that has Jackie Chan at five and never mentions Chuck Norris or Jean-Claude Van Damme? There's a lot that you mentioned there that I don't buy, actually. But Jackie Chan at five, I mean, that is very, very shocking um, when you go from, let's say, Obama, Bill Gates, and somehow Jackie Chan pulls in at number five. Jackie Chan Uh, ahead of Elon Musk, who like went to space this year. Right, right. Yeah. And who was three and four? Because that's a, that should be entertaining also. What was three and four? Cristiano Ronaldo was one of them. I, I don't have the full list. In front this of is a anymore. strange list. It is um, a strange. Well, it's just what very he's admired. You right. know? So I guess, you know, if you're a fan, you've got a bunch of right. fans. You know, well, I don't admire any of those people. But Elon Musk, I do. I think he should have been up there. At the, What's uh, wrong with Jackie five. Chan? Well, I do admire <laughs> Jackie Chan. I don't know if I admire him fifth. But, well, right. I get that. But I mean, geez. Yeah. Like, I agree with Gerber. Like, Chuck Norris has got to be in the top three. Um, that guy's 80 and still just kicking ass. So yeah, I don't even know the last time Jackie Chan made a movie was. And, and how is if he's yeah, exactly. If he's five, how is Chris Tucker? Not six. <laughs> I don't know. Strange ranking you gov. I'm not sure we buy your system <laughs> at all. Moving on to the first segment of our show. We'll stay at home. We'll talk Cleveland Browns, the Browns versus the Packers on Christmas day undermanned. And on a short week, the Browns almost pulled off a season saving upset win against the Packers, but that Christmas miracle was not to be. Browns lose 24 to 22. They drop to seven and eight on the season. They're in last place in the division. Their playoff dreams are fading like a nine-year-old's belief in Santa. Now, you know how I hate to assign blame, but for sake, Phil, whose fault was this loss? Santa's? No, no, not Santa's. Um, (laughs) Ah, geez. I'm going to divvy up the blame to two people, and it's the, the last two people we want to blame for anything because we're hanging our, our future hopes on on one or both of these guys. And I'm going to blame Baker Mayfield and I'm going to blame Kevin Stefanski for this loss. Mayfield for the, the play on the field. I mean, four picks is is nuts. I can't believe we were in that game. You know, if I, if someone said, Hey, Mayfield threw four picks, what do you think the final score was? We, we were down by to 10. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then Stefanski for how he managed the game when we did have a chance to win it. Well, I'm sure we'll get into it more, but that that frustrated the heck out of me at the end. So I think that the reason we didn't escape Lambeau with a win was because of those two gentlemen. I would have to agree. I I actually walked away 
more frustrated with the coaching even than with Baker. Baker has been very frustrating and I'm, I've bashed him on past episodes, but I just, I, I would love for him to be the answer as I'm sure many people would since, so we could stop this quarterback carousel, but he's obviously just, he's struggling, but there were certain things that were going well. And I think if we had stuck with those things, which is going with the coaching, we could have been okay. When he was put in situations to take shots downfield, that's when we got in trouble. When we were running the quick offense, Sticking with the run with Chubb every once in a while, to Ernest, you know, that was working. And then the quick hitters to the tight ends um, and to Jarvis, those were the plays that were working. And then when we tried to get cute, throw on first down and started getting into some third and longs, try to take shots downfield, that's where we got ourselves in trouble. And, and unfortunately for Baker to be successful, you, you got to stick with a short game, especially um, the way it was working yesterday. You just got to stick with what works. And we just, this, this coaching staff, for some reason, something works and they start to go away from it, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's hard not to say Baker with four picks, but the bottom line is they were in the game with a chance to win. With you know less than two minutes left, they had three timeouts. They were running the ball down Green Bay's throat, and they only needed like another like 20 yards. They had a minute and a half, three timeouts, and they only needed 20 yards. Like Why were they changing all of a sudden from what all game had been a great mix of pass and run plays to three straight, four straight passes, and the refs were not stellar, but it should have never gotten there. Is I, it time I, for my rant? Let me know. Just give me the high sign when it's time for my rant. You're talking <laughs> about the time of the game I want to rant about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lead you right into it, Danko, because I really think it was poor play calling in those last three or four downs that they had the ball that in the end cost them the game because they were right there with the chance to win it, and they didn't. So, Phil, go ahead and give us your thoughts on clocks and timeouts and play calling with 205 left in the game the browns got the ball and had three timeouts and a stoppage at the two minute warning you had four potential stoppages of play and they needed a field goal to win the game and their first few plays were were great uh, there was a there was a run or two to chubb there was a pass to chubb i think chubb had four out of five consecutive plays to lead to start that drive. We're then whittling the, the the game clock down to about a minute or so left in the game. And Chubb is exhausted because he was just successful on his previous last four plays. They still have, by the way, three timeouts. Chubb comes out of the game and that was the sequence of pass on first down, incomplete pass on second down, incomplete pass on third down pick game over with three timeouts still, still in, in their pocket. pockets. Yeah. So, what I don't understand in that moment, and this is coaching and, and nothing else, I'm going to give Baker a bit of a break in the second half because he three of his picks were in the first half. He played a much better second half. They converted a lot of third downs. They did what they had to do to get back in the game, and the defense played a huge role in that. But on that last pick, again, I don't want to blame the referees, but that was a terrible no call, uh, one that I watched other NFL games this, and there were, oh, my God, the Bengals game today. Yeah. Any any receiver's jersey even moved in the wind, and they were throwing flags for yeah. holding on the defensive player. So. But, but that said, again, you know, you control what you can control, right? What they could have controlled mm -hmm. is stopping the clock three more times. The last of which you would hope would have been a chip shot or even a long pray yeah. to God field goal for, for this called up kicker. But we were moving the ball. We were sitting at the 50 yard line, first and 10 with a minute left in the game and three timeouts and Chubb on the sideline. I would have called two back-to-back -back timeouts to give that guy a rest and then get him back in the huddle. And then, all right, let's, let's take our minute and get 20 more yards or more. We woke up today. We still have our three timeouts. I don't know how we're going to use them, but we got them. Just silly, silly coaching at that point. I will not fault them for sitting Chubb for a play or two after he had had like three straight of touches or something like that. Because I think Dearness Johnson 
plays really well. And he, he, he could have gotten you six yards on two carries and you could bring Chubb back in and, and get the first yeah. down. My we'll problem was out. moving away from the run, yeah. you know? And yeah. well, you would have been calling timeouts anyway, mm-hmm. because you'd have had to stop the clock to make if sure you, you get the, the yards. Right. Yeah. Right, you know, right. but they had set themselves up in a position to run the ball to set up the field goal rather than have to pass. And they just didn't use it. What good team with good coaching has their best player on the sideline for the last minute of the game. Nobody, right? I mean, barring an injury, like especially with the the ability for the Browns to control that better at the end. Um, again, I, you know what? Maybe when we look back at this season and we do our year in review, it's Stefanski's second season. And and just like you want to see growth at the quarterback, you got to see growth at the head coach too. And, and maybe that's some of the stuff that you hope a guy who seems like a really intelligent dude, like learns from that and says, all right, we got to do a better job there. We, we could have just called timeouts just to make sure we were on the same page with 59 seconds left in the game. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Tom, that um, last week before you were invited to be on the show, we complained about the Browns last three plays on offense against the Raiders because all they did was run it into the middle three times when, when the run game wasn't working that well. Mm-hmm. And this week we're complaining because in their last three offensive plays, all they did was throw it instead of run it. Why can't the coaching staff like mix it up on those plays at all? The thing that bothers me, and it's not, it's not just the last minute that Chubb comes out of the game. He came out for a chunk in the second quarter as well, sitting over there with that coat on. And I, I just don't, I don't get that. It's, it, you know, this is your best player. He should be out there playing the majority of the snaps. And don't I, it's you just think they, they're, they're load managing these guys, right? I mean, that's the whole I idea. I get it, but these are must win games. The depth in the running back. I get I mean, it. These are must win games. And, and the, the thing is, even if you, if you send them out, Okay, that's fine. But then it's your mix, your your play calling mix, like you're saying, that is incorrect. You, you have your running back rotation, the whole rotation. I mean, including Baker when he he ran a little bit. I mean, they all averaged. We averaged over eight yards yeah. per carry, and we would just keep going away from that and going to the passing game. And so when you're talking about the end of the game, where all of a sudden we started throwing, we took Chubb out and we're throwing the ball. Just because Dearness is in there, why aren't you still running the ball? Exactly. Like, that, you know, and and that's just makes my no point. sense. Yeah. 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 That's my he point. was still picking up. I, I think he might have averaged over 10 yards a carry. And by the way, this the screenplay was working early in the game, too. They couldn't stop anything we were doing yep. as far as the short pass and and the run. And we would just keep going away from that. I think that the offense looked good, even with four fucking picks. The yeah. offense looked good because they mixed it up. They, they passed, they ran, they, they did screens. I think they had to go deep sometimes just to keep the defense honest. I think that's the problem against the rate uh, against the Ravens and against the Raiders where we were too predictable, too conservative for a lo- whole lot of different reasons, but I didn't love some of the deep pla- passes to people, people's Jones, but I like the fact that they were trying them because I think it helps make everything else work. They got to the end there and they just we can just keep beating this horse if you guys want to. I don't know. <laughs> I feel well, like we've I mean, made the points, but was um, it yeah, was it for not the the four picks, the offense had a really good a great game. game. Yeah. I mean, over 200 yards rushing. I mean, to Burke's point, it was like nine yards of carry and rushing, over 10 yards per yeah. pass completion. Like, all right, you do the math on that. You should be in or winning games. And they were. And they were the, yeah. but despite the four turnovers. I guess just like the week prior with a completely different cast of characters out there, the game ebbs and flows. And then you find yourself in a position to win or lose the game in the last possession of the game. And we fail both ways. We're up one a week ago and we can't run out the clock with guys that don't belong starting at that moment. But still, they went away from what was working in that game right up until that point. 
just like again on Christmas against the Packers, you found yourself down two with an opportunity to win the game and you went away from what has been working in the second half, getting you down the field again, not to mention you had an opportunity to kind of collect your thoughts and get together a few times on the sideline if you wanted. And, and, and you let that, that go, but that's the interesting part. Cause you know, it's strange the way that the feel as a Browns fan is like uh, when we're down, I feel like, Oh, we don't have a team that can come back and win a game. And we might be down in like the second quarter, <laughs> you know, yeah. like what, <laughs> yeah, you know, but then you find yourself at the end of these games and the, the uh, Buck and Aikman and not, uh, mentioned this in the game yesterday, the Browns have six losses this year, six points or less. Yeah. You just split that in half. So, you know, what is that? Is that coaching? Is that quarterback play? Probably a little bit of both. When I go with the coaching and it's, it's like you said, it's Gerber. It's one thing to take your shot deep. I'm all for that. Take your shot deep, but don't ruin a whole set of downs by switching up the play calling completely. One play is one thing, but then because you don't, uh, let's say on first down, you go deep and you don't get it. Don't keep screwing up second and third down as well. Oh, yeah, and, of and course. Plays yeah. that don't make sense. And that's what they do. They they have things that are working. Okay, fine. Take your shot. But then go back to the things that are working. Don't just completely blow up that set of downs by calling things that haven't haven't been working. It, it's just that mix of plays that just drives me nuts on those, on those, you know, you're driving on the field and then you screw with it because just because you took that one play, you can run the ball the next two times and probably right. still pick and, up 10 yards. And and it feels like maybe that's what they get. They get worried about, they try for something on first down, they get nothing. And then it's like, well, we can't run on second down because we don't want to be third and long because that's not a good spot for Baker to be in. Now we've got to pass it again. And and you're right. It doesn't make sense. And I guess I feel like until the last series, I don't feel like I saw a lot of that in this game against the Packers, definitely against the Raiders, definitely like the Steelers game. They lost 15 to 10, those types of games where you, I see what you're saying. I actually thought, but for all the interceptions and the poor play calling right at the end, I thought the offense played pretty well. Uh, and the defense was outstanding. Shut them out in the second half. Couldn't ask for anything more from those guys. So let's try to lift this up a little bit and you know, lift the mood a little bit. We've got to be able to give out a game ball. Offense, defense, whatever you want. Who gets a game ball this week? This is a good week for game balls. I actually have several options on both sides. Go ahead. So I'll, Go I'll, ahead. I'll give you one on offense and one on defense. I'll, I'll leave the layup for the, for the newcomer to the pod, but I'm going to give a game ball on the offense to uh, Hollywood Higgins. He showed up promptly had five receptions for 58 yep. yards. And that was the offense needed that receiver out there in that game. And and thankfully he was out there and, and that was a productive day for a number two wide receiver on this current roster. And then on the defense, I'm going to give a game ball to the linebacker play, mostly Anthony Walker and JOK total they they amassed for like 15 tackles and you could just see their speed out there and i know we we talked about this in weeks past we have those guys on the roster because we have anyway we want to compete with the baltimore ravens and the kansas city chiefs but when you see that speed against a, a more traditional offense like the packers they didn't have a really good answer for that i mean you've got a you've got a pocket passer for sure so they were throwing a lot of these um and i keep a close tab on this because a lot of the packers are on my fantasy teams so they keep they tend to run the ball with the extended handoff with the short passes to guys like adams and jones and walker and jok were all over those. oh yeah. Uh, and, yeah and that was that was great to see so that kind of speed at the linebacker play even though it wasn't a loss i mean they they came out there like you said in the second half and and got us right back into that game and that's exciting going forward Tommy, uh, I got uh, 55 of them. Uh, no, got uh, one for everybody yeah. on the roster. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of coaches. <laughs> Two extra. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the coaches. I thought looked really good. He said, 
I would first of all, I would agree with Higgins. I thought Higgins. Uh, I'm not giving him a game ball, but I mean, he could easily get one. But, um, <laughs> but you already gave him one, so we'll we'll switch it up. But what I what I question, I'm sitting there going, you know, Higgins had this really nice game. Why would he be a healthy scratch in week oh, twelve against Baltimore? Baker loves going to Higgins. They have a connection. It works. It's been way better than it ever was with Odell. So why he would be sitting, and we never got an explanation for that. It just doesn't make any sense. And he he had a really nice game, so I agree with that one. But I'm going to go a little. Uh, a little different, and I'm going to say uh, Nick Harris played a hell of a game at, at center, filling in. Um, he had some great blocks on some of those runs, and you know, just being the general out there on the offensive line, not a normal starter. I thought he did a hell of a job. So, I mean, the offensive line, you know, every week they're coming out, they're <laughs> they're banged up or out with COVID, and they find ways to still block for the run. And and Baker had had time. Time wasn't an issue. And then um, defensively, I think MJ Stewart was outstanding. That dude was, was yeah. hitting all over the field. I mean, he had some of the biggest hits in that game. Plus, I mean, led the team in tackles. I thought he was just all over the field. Um, great compliment to a guy like JOK having him behind JOK. And one thing I would I, I point out, and I don't know if we're going to get to this anymore or if we're pretty much done with the Browns, but defensively what baffled me you have Denzel Ward he has to be following Devontae Adams around the field Greedy Williams couldn't stay within 15 yards of no, Devontae Adams no. and it made and no neither could like the, the Count of Monte Cristo either <laughs> well yeah well <laughs> oh, and then did you notice every time Adams went in the slot we would be we'd have you know MJ MJ Stewart should not be covering him that's not something he should be doing yeah. they'd have him or they had Taki Taki on him for oh, the touchdown <laughs> and they did yeah. a quick out for a TD it was like what are we doing and yeah. it, it made no sense on those plays how they were scheming that you get a guy like Denzel for that purpose he should be following him all over the field greedy whether he was playing 15 yards back for no reason or when he did actually play up on him we got lucky because Aaron Rodgers had Devontae open and Devontae actually dropped the ball yeah we got lucky on that third down yep so I mean it was just it's just it's just crazy me I I don't I don't get the scheming there but other than that I mean it's hard to complain about the defense they well it was a lot of complaining so I guess it wasn't that hard Well, you Complain. know, I can always find a way to complain. <laughs> but Burke actually took uh, took both of mine. Um, I had the O-line. I thought they played really well considering that they, you know, they're missing three starters because of injury or COVID. And I thought MJ Stewart in that secondary, again, shorthanded because of COVID, but they played really well. But somebody's got to give Nick Chubb a game ball. So exactly. I'll do it. Right. Yeah. Man, right. <laughs> amazing effort from that guy. You know, we he hadn't the seen it the last that I had. <laughs> we hadn't seen it from him in the last couple of weeks. I think it was just he was playing teams that were keying hard on the run. And for whatever reason, we weren't willing to open up the passing game a little bit. Christmas Day, a little more balance on the offense. And you saw that guy take over uh, and do what he does. And it's a lot of fun to watch. So uh, game ball to Nick Chubb. Next week, big game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Browns are 0-2 in their last two must-win games. So <laughs> we're winning this one, right, Phil? Uh, sure. This is a tough one. We should absolutely win this game. Let, let's assume we have oh. a decent roster on the field. The Steelers look terrible, but this is in Pittsburgh on Monday night. As a Browns fan, how can you help but not feel like, I don't know if we can do this kind of thing, right? I mean, this is, but the Browns team should go into Pittsburgh on Monday night and just destroy that offense just on that side of the ball alone destroy that offense and say all right ben this is the last time we're going to ever face you yeah and you're going to throw for two yards and pick four picks or whatever it is and just dominate that game that's what they should do and it seems like they could do but i don't know if they will do it (laughs) (laughs) way to hedge your bets you know i i I think they're going to come out and 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 do it i think that you know they get some guys back 
Clowney, we missed him a lot. Although you know Billy Boza held his own somewhat. No, I we missed. Rec- Clown. I don't recall him really making Clowney. any plays. To be honest, <laughs> we with missed you. him. Yeah, we missed Clowney big time. Gustin Goose. I don't know how you say his name, but he he was not closing off that corner. Let's just put it that way. And Rodgers was able to get out and make some plays on the edge. So it, it'll be nice to get some of these guys back. To think that you know some of these guys have got like an MJ Stewart who got some of these these snaps and deserves more playing time yeah. now. Add that to what we've had. And I think I think we're going to make Big Ben uh, – well, it's Skinny Ben, I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to make <laughs> him – yeah, we're going to make him uncomfortable, I think. And uh, it is a game they should come out and win, and I, I think they just need to – on offense, just stick to what is working, run the ball, and keep the short game going. And by the way, sometimes run the hurry-up offense. We had a couple times yeah. yesterday, too, where Green Bay was not even set. Yep. Snap the freaking ball and get the play going. But again, yeah. I don't have much to complain about. <laughs> and and no respect at all for the format. <laughs> Just answer whatever question you want, Tommy. I'm new I to think this. the Steelers <laughs> against the Steelers just play the game you played against the Packers. Baker, go yeah. ahead and throw four picks. The Packers are so much better than the Steelers. Yeah, Roethlisberger right. throws the ball up in the air. I watched a lot of that Steelers uh Chiefs game today. He looked like garbage. He just yeah. it's like a Zeppelin when he throws it it's just like kind of hangs up there slowly and somehow it either He's gets older than batted us. down yeah. or... the defense is like calling it this one's mine yeah. Yeah, mine mine and and somehow it either gets batted down or miraculously a receiver will pull it down for like a seven yard game but it's just like this is terrible if they play to their potential uh they should win this game by 30 on the road monday night in pittsburgh i'm with phil and then i'm just not sure they will yeah right <laughs> and that's just, what sucks at this point but, i'll take a win by one yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, me too me too all right Ugh. go browns <laughs> go browns good segment good segment <laughs> <laughs> moving on to a sip of wine and gold lumps of coal for the Cavs to start the week they dropped a tough game against the celtics on wednesday night in boston before coming back and winning a G League game against the Raptors tonight. Uh, Cavs are 19 and 13 on the season, fifth in the East. Scale of one to five, one being Kevin Love, five being Taco Fall. Who do you like less in the starting lineup, Kevin Love or Taco Fall? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll split that with a, uh, a two and a half. I don't, I don't right, care for either one of them being either of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't want either one of them in this starting lineup. Pretty sure the Cavs dressed 48 guys tonight. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, they literally, there was so many guys on that bench and um, all on I, 10 I don't, day contracts. I don't know who yeah. most of them were, but they found <laughs> another seven foot two guy who looked actually pretty good to me. Luke can't. Can't yeah, be. yeah. Cornette. Yeah, something like Cornette. Cornette, thank you. We're going to get to uh, it. Yeah, we'll learn. We'll learn his name. I thought he played pretty darn well. But it was just more and more guys just kept coming into the game that I just had never seen before. And uh, and and then they won by 45 points. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I like this. I like this way to go. I think this is the way to go. Very deep bench of at least 20 to 30 guys and yeah. uh, keep everybody fresh. Both teams, both the Raptors and the Cavs, they were cycling people in. The Cavs announcer was like, oh, and this guy was on so-and-so's G League team last week, and he's averaging yeah. three points a game in the g league and here's first nba game so phil i stock in produce last week i I don't know if you got to watch any of the luke Cornette show but now that we have him do we still need mobley i got to watch most of the game tonight actually it was it was wonderful uh and to answer your question yes we still need we we need him really bad but this is great we we talked about this last week and the week before you know somehow some way they get they get these guys together and 
just dominate these games. I mean, they didn't even have, I don't think they had 30 guys, but I don't think that any of them had to set foot on the court in the fourth quarter. And the Cavs would have won by a couple points just with yeah. no one out there. I mean, it was, <laughs> right. but keep winning one out of two, two out of three, get these guys back. I'm impressed with this team. They don't just completely fall apart with injuries, with the COVID, with yeah. whatever it is. And they're right there. Like you said, they're, they're fifth in the East. And as the weeks go on, they they've toggled between third, fourth and fifth. You stay right there. Um, that far exceeds expectations this year. And to get a guy like Mobley back is going to be important for the the second half of the season, for sure. I think you got to put a lot of that on coaching. Well, coaching and I think some of the veteran leadership. I think they're really lucky mm-hmm. to have Rubio and Love yep. to kind of steady the ship when you know things get a little bit rocky for them. But I think you give a lot of the credit to Bickerstaff that he can just mm-hmm. keep bringing in guys and getting them to play and getting them to commit to play defense and rebound and do the things that lead to 40 point wins. Pretty impressive job by that guy so far. Next week, busy week for the Cavs Tuesday in new Orleans, Thursday in DC against the wizards Friday, the Hawks come to Cleveland and then Sunday, the Cavs will host the Pacers Hawks, Pacers and Pelicans all have losing records. So four games, Put the over-under at two and a half wins for the Cavs. Tom? Uh, we win six. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you're on the over. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go over. I actually think we win all four of those games. I'll go over, and I definitely think we're going to get three out of the four. I was about to say, assuming some of these guys come back, but maybe even if they don't, <laughs> we get three yeah, wins yeah. here. We're, rest them. We're deep. Everybody in the NBA is dealing with the COVID stuff, so it really kind of evens the playing field. You just don't know what you're going to get because, like, that. The thing with the game against the Celtics was they had five guys out with COVID, but none of them were starters. Well, that's yeah. not fair. Right? No. <laughs> you know? Dude, totally you're going to play all your starters yeah. and we've got to start Luke Cornette and Taco. <laughs> I was completely annoyed. I saw a headline that says the C's slow down calves. I'm like, no, COVID slowed down the calves. Yeah. The C's yeah. didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Which C are we talking about? Yeah, right. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> I got a C for him. <laughs> all right. There are a bunch well, of C's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I call them. All right, fellas, with that, we are going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll head out on the road. Vaccines are great for defense, but sometimes the best defense is a good offense. That's why we here at Unprofessional and Unprepared are joining the Punch COVID in the Nuts campaign. Seriously, if you knew one guy who ruined your 18-year wait to see your favorite team play in the playoffs canceled all concerts, and made you homeschool your kids, you wouldn't just try to stay six feet away from that guy. You would punch that guy in the nuts. The time has come to treat COVID like the D-bag that it is. We understand there may be questions, like how do you know COVID even has nuts? Viruses like COVID are tiny. How do we find it? Is it good enough to just punch someone in the nuts if they cough? The answer to that one, by the way, is no. For the rest of your questions, we have a team of doctors and scientists working on answers and designing tiny boxing gloves 24 hours a day. You can track their progress and find important meetup information at www.covidnutpunch.com. Let's join forces to give COVID that awful pain in the abdomen we know will end this pandemic. Become a member of the Punch COVID in the Nuts campaign today. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road and let's start with the NFL the last two weeks before we get to the playoffs. Everything in the NFC seems to be falling in place. Uh, There are five playoff spots that have already been set. Three divisions are essentially decided. I think all that needs to happen is Dallas needs to win this game 
that they're winning 35 to seven right now and they'll <laughs> lock up their division. But the AFC is a lot more interesting. Only the West has been won. The Chiefs have that wrapped up as of today. So let's look at the other divisions in the AFC and who we think are going to be the winners. The East down to the Pats or the Bills and definitely got tightened up today with the Bills winning a game against the Patriots in New England, which was pretty big. So, Tommy, who do you think's winning that division? I'm going to go, yeah, Bill's got a huge win, so I, I, I don't know. I still think New England, they, they just they looked like the best team in all of, all of the NFL for a couple weeks there, and then they ran into a tough game against Buffalo. What separates them again? Can you remind me? Say again, the the, the Pats and the Bills are tied. They're actually tied. They're both, so, yeah, they're both I mean, nine and six right now. I got to lean towards the Patriots. I just think, you know, with Belichick, they'll figure out something and, you know, they normally can turn things around after a game like what they had today. It would be a Patriots thing to turn around and win the next two. So I, I'm, I'll go with Patriots. This is interesting. I, I just quickly looked that up because they're both nine and six. Um, no, you're not allowed they, to do that. They, well, I know. I, well, <laughs> I've been, I've been the co-host for like 55 episodes, man. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking a, yeah. a bit of a liberty here, but they both end the season with really bad teams, both of them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I think both of those guys will be favored in the rest of their their, their games. So if they end up tied, the tiebreaker they, they split, right? I think they split. They split, yeah. So it goes to I so think the tiebreaker is like record in your division or something like that. Record in the division or record in the conference is next, I think. Yeah. So yes. the the, and, the Bills have, have no the idea. well, I'm not going to look it up either. But the Bills have the Falcons <laughs> and the and the Jets should be two wins, right? <laughs> should should be. Yes. They're both in Buffalo, so that should be two wins. The Patriots. The Patriots have the Jags. That's a win in New England, but end the season down in Miami. So maybe they stumble down in yeah. Miami. Miami is always Miami is always a good too. trap game. Yeah. yeah, right. And the division goes to the, the Bills. I'm I'm going to lean toward the Bills here. I I can't believe it. I thought for sure New England was toying with the one seed for a while here, right? I I think the Bills take the division. The Pats get in as a wild card, and that's the way it ends. I'm going with the Bills too, largely because of the way they played today. And the fact that I picked them at the beginning of the season to go to the Super Bowl. And so I'm like crossing my fingers and hoping I can stick with that one. AFC South Titans have a one game lead right now. They're 10 and five. The Colts are nine and six. So Phil, who's winning Titans or Colts? The Titans are, that's impressive what they're doing when they lose their juggernaut running back, but the Colts are hot, man. They're playing really well right now. Are they done playing each other? Do they line up against each other in the last two weeks? They do not. Actually, I think the Colts have a pretty easy run. Yeah, the Colts are playing the Raiders and the Jags for their last two games of the season. And and one game separates those two right now? Yep. I'm going to say that the Titans win the division, but again, much like what we just discussed in the East, that both teams get in, and the Colts might be the better team going into the playoffs. Tommy? I think Colts are in the best spot. Who uh, Who does Tennessee have left, though? I think Colts win their last two. But you need Tennessee um, to lose one, and I don't know what the tiebreaker is. They have are, the Dolphins and the Texans. Yeah, Dolphins so playing are, spoiler all, all season. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah, yeah. Which means if they uh, win their a last couple two, they're in. The Dolphins. So they, yeah. they might get in that way. <laughs> right. I'll actually go. Colts are playing their best ball right now. They are on a hot streak. So I'm, I'm going to stick with them and uh, think that they, they take the division. Again, I, both teams get in. But I actually think that the Colts – um, I think Tennessee will get tripped up in some way um, and the Colts will take the division. I'm going with the Titans because uh, Mike Vrabel <laughs> looks like a guy that used to hang out at my dog park. <laughs> AFC North. The Bengals are in first place right now. They're nine and six. They have to play the Chiefs and then the Browns. Uh, Ravens are eight and seven. 
injuries and COVID are absolutely tearing that team apart. I think they have it even worse than the Browns did at this point. They play the Rams and then the Steelers. Steelers are 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one after they got shellacked by the Chiefs today. Uh, Big Ben should be retired. That's a headline from two years ago. Um, <laughs> they play the Browns and then the Ravens to finish the year. Browns are in last place, like we said, 7-8. and eight. I'm trying to avoid a losing season. They play the Steelers and then the Bengals. So next week, Rams beat the Ravens. Chiefs beat the Bengals. Browns beat the Steelers. Division gets decided in Cleveland between the Browns and the Bengals. If the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns all end up at nine and eight, then the Browns win the division because they'll have beaten the Bengals twice and they have better tiebreaker records than the Ravens. So, Phil, you in or you out? I'm in. Plan. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in. Tommy, how about you? Yeah, let's just go ahead and do that. Let's schedule that <laughs> okay. up. I like that sounds it. really nice. I like it. Um, let's move on to the college football bowl pick them challenge after two full weeks. It's a good week to be Danko. He goes mm. three for four this week, leads the challenge with five points. The Gerbers are tied together. Tammy and I both mm. in second place with three points. Our director of gambling operations, Chuck Rambaldo went over four last week. <laughs> Not pick a single <laughs> game. Tough break. I think Miller and Chuck and Burke are all tied at two, but moving on to the next week of bowl games. And these are all food themed games. Ooh. So Wednesday at 545 Eastern, which seems like a really weird time to kick <laughs> off a game. <laughs> Got to get it started before the six yeah. o'clock news or something. I don't sure. know. It's the, sure. uh, the cheese it bowl. Uh, and did you know the cheese it turned a hundred years old this year? Wow. Invented by the green green company inside a factory on the corner of Concord and Cincinnati streets. In none other than Dayton, Ohio. Ooh, oh, created in 1921. Danko, how did you not know that? There's a lot of things I don't know about Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there's one less thing now. Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clemson is playing <laughs> Iowa State in the Cheez It Bowl. Clemson is favored, but they're only giving one point, so it's pretty close. Mm. Tommy, who you got? Clemson versus Iowa, Iowa State. State. I'll go Iowa State. Let me finish. Phil, what do you Again, got? I'm new here. Where is this game being played? Does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. It's a neutral site. It's played at the Cheese Cheese It Factory. Well, yeah. if it's played in Dayton, I'm going to go with Iowa. If it's played in the South, I'm going to go with Clemson. <laughs> this is why it matters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you feel like the crowds for the Cheese It Bowl are going to just be enormous. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking more. 545 the- <laughs> on a Wednesday. Yeah, I, was thinking, yeah. I was thinking more the weather. Okay, oh, okay the crowd. I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm in I'm in the lead for a reason here. I got a two That's game. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't I, even I, know I had two right. I thought I had them all wrong. No, no I, I I'm not in the lead for any reason other than dumb luck. Oh, it's in Orlando. All right. At the, Citrus, at the Bowl? Citrus Bowl. Nice. It's gotta be. <laughs> nice. Well, all right. Well. I'm gonna assume it's at the Citrus Bowl, and that's a pretty easy place to get into as far as, as we know. And uh, <laughs> uh, so it's gonna be a packed crowd. And oh, yeah. in Clemson's favor. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Clemson wins that one. Bright and early 1130 AM on Thursday is the Duke's Mayo bowl. Oh, and I can't like imagine that. a better Ooh. time for football in Mayo than 1130 on <laughs> yes. a Thursday. All right, sure. This is North Carolina versus South Carolina. And really it should be called the battle for broiler meat. Did you know South Carolina ranked 10th in the U S in broiler meat exports, but North Carolina is ranked eighth 
a pretty tight ranking in exporting broiler meat between North Carolina and South Carolina. Now, broiler meat is any chicken that is grown purely for meat production, and that makes the joke kind of sad. So Duke's mayo is made from a secret mix of soybean oil, eggs, water, distilled cider, vinegar, salt, oleoresin, paprika, natural flavors, and calcium disodium EDTA. Oh, yeah. Yum. (laughs) The North Carolina Tar Heels are favored by nine and a half points. Tommy, who you got? So for some reason, I had never paid attention to Duke's mayo until Gerber brought it on the uh, the one trip. And uh, it is it is it is delicious. I love it. I'm going to go with the North, just like uh, the Civil War. (laughs) Worked out there. Yeah, worked out there to work out here. I don't think either of them were in the North for the Civil no. War, but I don't <laughs> yeah. know. it's not a history podcast, so we don't got to worry That's about right. it. Yeah, yeah. who you got. All right, so we're playing the spread here. North Carolina is giving away nine and a half points in a game that kicks off in the morning. Yep. <laughs> in the morning. I don't know anything about either one of these teams, but with the spread, I'm going to take the South Carolina Gamecocks. I just wanted to say Gamecocks. You wanted to say Gamecocks. Right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. We've got we have we've, listened to the pod. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> we've got a pretty even split on this one. I took North Carolina. So did Tommy. So did Tammy. Denko, Chuck, and Miller all on South Carolina. Next one, New Year's Eve, 3.30 in the afternoon, the Cotton Bowl, the first of the college football playoff matchup, Cincinnati Bearcats versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. Did you know? Alabama's non-football alumni include Supreme Court Justice Hugo Black, Wikipedia founder Jimmy Wales, and Harper Lee, the author of To Kill a Mockingbird. University of Cincinnati's non-football alumni include Nipsey Russell, George Rivashelt Jr., who invented Benadryl, sure, and Urban Meyer, who's probably out of football forever, so he counts for this particular <laughs> list. <laughs> He had a good run. He, good run. <laughs> he did have a nice run. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> um, Alabama giving 13 and a half in this game. Phil, who you got? Oh, man. 13 and a half is the spread, huh? I think Nick Saban wins this game for sure. And I think he does it by three scores and they cover the spread. So I'm going Bama. I'm going to have to agree with Phil. Unfortunately, I, Cincinnati is is known for their defense and I would like I would love to think that they could play with Alabama. Unfortunately, Alabama definitely playing their best ball at the end of the season after beating Georgia and I, I just have a bad feeling it's going to be one of those games where Alabama just runs all over them. Um and I don't mean just running the ball, I mean just their speed is just too much for them. Mm-hmm. Um so I think they they win by more than the spread. I'm the only one who believes in the Bearcats. I took UC. I thought 13 and a half points is just a lot of points. So I took UC. Everybody else is on Bama. Final one, New Year's Eve, kicking off at 7.30 or exactly 90 minutes before I go to bed, the Orange Bowl. Georgia Bulldogs versus University of you Wolverines. Did you know (laughs) Bulldogs were originally bred to help butchers control livestock and by the 15th century were used for catching horses and cattle? On the other hand, Wolverines are low to the ground, elongated animals with broad and round heads, small eyes, and short ears. In other words, just terrible. Bulldogs favored by six and a half. Tommy, who are you taking? Do I even need to ask? Well, <laughs> well I mean, they're not playing Ohio State, so it's it's. Uh, I, I I will look at it more 
objectively. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw that Georgia actually did the same thing that Ohio State does and crossed out every M on their campus. That didn't work out for us this year, but uh, uh, Georgia, is a better, 10. Georgia is a better <laughs> team. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, I think, I think Georgia's going to roll them. The, the team up north had their had their moment. I don't see them being able to run the ball. So uh, their de- their defense was ridiculous this year. Didn't look so good against Alabama, but it, uh, it it's a very solid defense. So I think I think Michigan is going to lose by at least two scores. I think Georgia covers the. You said it was six and a half spread. Yep. I think Georgia covers and they win and they set up a an all SEC championship that none of us want to see, but we yes. will. So everybody is on Georgia except for my wife Tammy who I'm quite certain based on the state that we live in chose Michigan to win that game. I don't think she knows anything about how well Georgia played all season long. And she does not care about the fact that I don't like Michigan. So uh, she is pulling for the entire state. I have a feeling I'm with you guys. I think Georgia covers. I actually think Georgia wins by a lot in this one. Fellas, that's it for this segment. Why don't we take our final break? We'll come back. We'll head off the field. We'll talk some movies. Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Hello, I'm Roger Goodell, and on behalf of the NFL, I want to share the league's pride in providing our fans with a full season of NFL games, expanded playoffs, and soon the Super Bowl during this unprecedented pandemic. This was not easy for our league or our teams, but we have so much money that we could afford enough tests and the costs associated with real contact tracing. Leveraging our massive financial resources, we were able to ensure that if COVID hit the NFL, the NFL could hit back. But we know most, (laughs) well, let's face it, none of our fans have our kind of money, but those same fans still probably don't want COVID. If you are not a billionaire and don't have a good black market link to a few hundred thousand vaccine doses like we do, we have a plan for you. The NFL is proud to share and sponsor its punt pass and kick COVID plan for fans of all ages, as long as those fans are under the age of 70. Want to beat COVID just like the NFL, but without any of the massive financial resources? Then just punt anyone who gets within six feet of you, especially in an enclosed public area. Pass by all your favorite places to go where other people might gather and kick off the new year hoping you are in line for a vaccine. You can beat COVID without money or medical care. Just punt, pass, and kick your way to immunity. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field, and let's take a first look at new movies coming out in 2022. And to do so, we are going to go back to our tried and true bourbon scale. One bourbon is a movie you're not interested in. Five is one you can't wait to see. Tom. Do you understand the scale? Yeah, I'll give it a one. Okay. (laughs) All right. So first one, January 14th, Scream comes out. This is another sequel to the original Scream that came out when we were in high school. A bunch of the original cast is back. The trailer is fantastic because instead of phone calls being scary, they're using text messages and they're f***ing with the smart locks on the girl's doors, like to her house. So like really like modernized for what our technology is now. But Phil, where are you at on a, another version of Scream coming out? Did they just title it Scream? Like they're not even numbering it anymore. Yeah. We're just going to use the yeah. same. It's, it's just, just Scream. Yeah. yeah. All right. No one's going to awesome. remember. That is, uh, that is <laughs> laziness. The other ones are all dead anyways. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't tell if that's laziness or genius um, or somewhere in between. So I'm going to give this movie on the bourbon scale as to whether how excited I am to see it as a, as at a two, I'll watch it. Eventually. I like 
the genre. I like horror films, like that they're modernizing it, but I can't imagine it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, what do you think? Is it the same cast? They're just all really old. Well, no, it's some of the original cast is back playing the characters they did. And it's, you know, 30 years later or something like that. And the scream guy is back. (laughs) Right. I'm going to go even lower. I'm going to go one. I even modernizing it is not sucking me into caring about watching this movie (laughs) i I really wish that there was more creativity in hollywood and we just stopped going back to remaking stuff that was already made it just seems like that's all i mean is there anything original coming out tommy it's coming thank god you 2022 is going to be your year for movies brother yeah what Uh, friday the 13th 84 is coming out (laughs) i didn't put it on the list watch that yeah i didn't put it on the list but there is a the the final halloween movie is supposed oh jeez yeah, but anyway one. nice yeah the final one sure we're only in january i'm i'm with phil i'm going with a two for a scream like it's i'm a little bit interested but not really i definitely won't go see it in the theater i might watch it on tv sometime just to see how it throws back to the original because at least it's going direct to vhs actually <laughs> wow all right well i'm gonna buy a vcr um all right february 18th ambulance it's a michael bay movie about a bank heist in an ambulance chase based on the trailer it's kind of like speed and point break but with no surfing tom where are you at on ambulance does the ambulance explode if it goes below 55 miles an hour not that i know of jake um, gyllenhaal though forgot to mention that jake whoop. gyllenhaal oh. lead okay well that, that just dropped a couple i was gonna go like five but now i'm gonna go down to one no wow. I, he's wow. no he's he's fine i, I don't know probably what did jake um, do to you i, I don't know i guess i guess i <laughs> Tom's like taylor swift <laughs> yeah i don't know I just, yeah, I just, like, yeah exactly <laughs> You have a song you want to he play? Broke yeah. he, he broke my heart. He uh, broke my heart. Ten minute song. Let's yeah. let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. I'll give it like a three because um, at least it sounds like it's maybe something somewhat original and I like action films. So I guess if the whole movie's just an ambulance chase, probably only would take like 15 minutes of my time too, right? So <laughs> sounds uh sounds perfect. Nice, nice quick movie. No, I I I don't know. I'll give it a three. Check it out. Yeah, I actually think the premise here is that the ambulance can't go above 55, which makes it scarier in hell because they can't save anybody. Like people are just dying all over the place. If they go over 55, it, it explodes. I actually saw I the think they're still answering calls. <laughs> no, no. They're, they're robbing banks, right? The, the, the actual yeah. premise is they're robbing banks yeah. in an ambulance. Is that right. what's happening? Yeah, and the, the chase the is at 35 miles an hour. The escape vehicle, I believe. From a robbery, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually saw the preview for this. I, I thought the preview looked pretty good. So I'm, you know, on the bourbon scale, I'll nudge it up to a three and a half. This might be some. Again, I'm not going to go see this in a theater, but I'll I'll watch this movie whenever it hits Netflix or HBO or whatever. Johnny Utah's in it. I'll watch. Yeah. He's not. I, I'm probably at about a three as well. Like I'm interested. Michael Bay is always great because it's it's just so absurd what happens in those movies. Um, that's pretty entertaining. If this was a normal time without a pandemic and I was traveling more and I was on flights more, like I'd really look forward to this movie on an airplane would yeah. be like the perfect spot for it. Okay, next one, June 24th, Elvis, which is an Ooh. Elvis musical biopic is coming out. Uh, Tom Hanks is playing his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Uh, Phil. Where are you at? As you mentioned Elvis, I was thinking, okay, I can't rate this lower than a three. And then you you brought Tom Hanks into the fold and now it has to be a five because um, I want to see Tom Hanks in any role like this and see what he does with it. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in that movie. Tom, obviously having Tom Hanks does, does help and uh, it makes it somewhat more interesting. So I'll go for, I'm a five plus on this one. I, I think an Elvis movie about his life 
would be super interesting. Lots of good music, obviously, in it. And Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Throwing you guys a curveball. Sticking with the scale, but why don't you tell me which is going to be the best Tom Cruise 2022 movie? Maverick, the Top Gun sequel, or Mission Impossible 7, the sixth sequel to Mission Impossible? Tom. <laughs> Hasn't Maverick been sitting out there for like four years and uh, they've been waiting to release it? I'll go Maverick. I think I'm more interested in Maverick than another Mission Impossible. To be honest, I haven't watched a lot of those Mission Impossible movies anyways. I did enjoy Top Gun. Hopefully there's a a good uh, volleyball scene in this one. I guess guess I'm rating. Uh, So I'll give, uh, let's see, I'll give Mission Impossible like a a three and Maverick four. Excellent. Well done. Wow. Phil. Very thorough. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. Let's see if I can answer all those questions. The uh, So the first question was, which will be the better movie? I think I think actually think Tom handled it perfectly. He, yeah, he, right, he, right. He gave a bourbon scale for each one and one of them was higher. Yeah. So that was the one to go I'm, with. Yeah. So I'll go I'll go that route, too. I'm, I'm more excited to see Maverick. So I'm going to give that the higher higher bourbon rating. I'll give that a four. Uh, I do like the Mission Impossible movies. I like that genre, the, you know, kind of the James Bond Ethan, you know, those are cool. I like, I Mm -hmm. I'm entertained by those movies, but I'm really interested to see what they, what Tom Cruise does with the Maverick character that let's be honest when Top Gun's on TV right now, I I challenge either one of you (laughs) to turn it on and not keep watching it from wherever (laughs) it is in the movie to the end of the movie, because it's Top Gun. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing uh, what he does with that character. I'm with you guys on Maverick. I'm interested. I definitely give that a four bourbon. Uh, I guess I'm a little bit less interested than either of you in Mission Impossible 7. Again, like it's just been done so many times. I'm just not that interested. So I'm going to give Mission Impossible 7 like a two, but Maverick a four. Uh, next one, July 22nd, Where the Crawdads Sing. Based on the best-selling novel by Delia Owens, starring Daisy Edgar Jones from the TV hit Normal People. I haven't heard of the novel, the author, the actress, or the TV show. So, Phil, where are you at on where the crawdads sing? Well, here we are. We're getting to the original movies now. So let's let's not uh, talk out of both sides (laughs) of our mouths here, right? Like we're we're bashing all these sequels. Here's an original movie. Um, What's it about? I don't think that was mentioned. No, I don't think it was either. <laughs> yeah, right. no, I, I don't know. I don't I know how like I, I can... gave you enough information. <laughs> you gave me just enough information to, 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 to ask <laughs> for me to ask that question. Like, what's it about? Right. You want yeah, me to what? tell you how interested I am in seeing this and the fact that it's an original movie. I, I have some interest if I find out it's about something awful or something that I, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to give it a two and a half. I need more info. <laughs> disappointing tom did you say it was a, a best-selling yep book? Best-selling a lot of novel. people read the book novel. a lot of people watch a show that none of so, us heard of <laughs> and of course a lot of times people say the movie is not as good as the book but i'm guessing that they're going to do a movie based on this book because it hopefully will be interesting without having more information i'll go i'll go with three because as, as i stated earlier I, I want some original uh broadcasting here i'll give it a four just because i don't know <laughs> okay on Okay. <laughs> Very enough for us. All right. So throwing some more curveballs your directions. Best Marvel movies to come out in 2022. January, we have Morbius, which is Jared Leto playing Michael Morbius, a doctor who tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but in the process imbues himself with vampire-like traits. In July, Thor, Love and Thunder, which sounds a lot like a meatloaf song. 
comes out. Uh, Natalie Portman plays a female version of Thor. Uh, November Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out, sequel to the original Black Panther. Obviously, with the passing of the actor who was the lead in that original movie, they've changed it. But this one is set to focus on other aspects of Wakanda, its people and its culture. So, Phil, you're the comic book guy. I am. Where where do you rank on a bourbon scale those three Marvel movies coming out? So the on the Burke bourbon scale, Morbius will get the highest ranking because it's original. It's not a sequel. But here's how I feel these movies will pan out. I think the Thor movie will be the best of the three because of the director. I don't know if you if either of you saw the last Thor movie, Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. It's the same director. Uh, have you guys seen um, Jojo Rabbit? The movie Jojo Rabbit. No, you don't want a sequel tonight. Not tonight. You're going to be tired tomorrow. <laughs> I've seen who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Excellent. So really good. Like the director, so the writer, the writer director of what we do in the shadows and Jojo rabbit. And the last two Thor movies is a New Zealander named Taki Watiti. And he is phenomenal. He is an amazing writer director. He's hilarious. So I think the Thor Love and Thunder movie is going to be fantastic. You were kidding with the meatloaf reference, but with an amazing soundtrack, I guarantee you. So please, in interest of watching original content, go watch Jojo Rabbit. If you've watched nothing else uh, by this director, it's fantastic. Just watch it. And we we could talk about it in in, in a later pod. It's available for free on Amazon and I think maybe Netflix, but it's a great movie. So then the other one, the Black Panther movie, I think will come in second. And I think Morbius is going to be an interesting movie. It's that's a really that's a really kind of minor character in the Marvel universe that they're focused on. And he's a vampire kind of character. He's a bad guy. He appears in Spider-Man comics and these kind of things. I don't know. I feel like this is an example of the Marvel Cinematic Universe feeling like we are better than everybody and we can do anything. And that's going to be proven <laughs> otherwise, okay. I think, with that that release. <laughs> but, you know, the I think the, the Thor and the Black Panther movies will be really good summer blockbuster ensemble casts. And in the Thor, in Thor's case, a, a pretty cool actor, director, writer as well. Tommy, do you uh, know anything first, about these movies? I came no. prepared. No. No. First of all, <laughs> Phil's been waiting just probably months to drop Watiti on us or whatever the, the name was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would tend to lean towards the the morbius movie uh i'm not a big jared leto guy but uh you know it's something original i'm hoping that it's something that could be interesting so i would i would want to put it higher up on that scale i've liked the thor movies because natalie portman obviously was in those those movies i'd probably be more into if they if they use maybe her or another actress and, and try to create something different like a different character um that's been in these these comic books and everything i don't like the breaking off and saying okay this is a thor movie but let's do like the female version of thor i I don't i don't get why they have to do that and i'm not trying to be true i know know you're looking at me as being sexist that's not what i mean it's (laughs) true i'm gonna i'm gonna give you an out right here berkey it's true to the source material that happens in the comic books oh okay all right thank you Mm -hmm. all right so there's at least a character based on that and that's the reason why okay so that makes more sense so i mean that that could be good i I did like the thor ragnarok and uh, those men i thought those were good and i i get sucked into those too when they're on tv loved black panther sucks not having chadwick boson make more movies with that Mm -hmm. i mean dude was awesome yeah Um, Yeah. i I really wish that he was still around to make more of those because that was that was a great flick so i guess if i'm rating him i'm gonna go with the black panther one at like a like a four i'll put morbius at like three and then um I'll put the Thor one at like a, a two or tied maybe a three. You know, I don't know. I think they'll be entertaining. 
but I get what Phil's saying too. Like, you know, they do seem to think that you throw Marvel on there and it's just automatically going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. And it, it, at some point, something's got to flop, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got to happen. And uh, maybe this Morbius one is the one to do it. I'm going to give them all like a two because I don't know if I'm going to ever go see any of them. <laughs> um, but I hope that you guys really enjoy them. It's just not really my. Uh, November 23rd, Creed 3. Adonis Creed is back. Rocky is not. Tom. Are you interested in a Rocky movie without Rocky in it? Normally, I would say no. In the last one, though, Rocky was looking <laughs> really, really old. Uh, he is. He's yeah. really getting up there in age. He's definitely um, older than us. Yeah. Definitely but I, I us. yes, he's definitely. And he passed us a long time ago. I've liked both creeds. I thought both those movies were good. How could you go wrong with Michael B. Jordan? So, okay. so I, I think this will be really good. I'm sure they'll figure out a way to make this interesting without rocky my guess is what rocky's passed away from cancer or something because he had cancer in the last one maybe i don't know spoiler alert yeah Yeah. (laughs) no don't worry i'm not on the writing team yet Uh, so i don't know i don't know how they're gonna do with that but um obviously he's got the relationship with the wife and they have the kid and so maybe there's something based on that i don't know but i'm sure it'll be good I would put that ahead of probably a lot of these movies that we've already talked about. I'll be more interested in that. I'm hoping Creed three lines up with like Rocky three yeah, and they get yeah. some like oh, ridiculous, ridiculous fight, right? Like, yeah. Like, like clubber laying is bad. Yeah. Like something yeah. ridiculous. Thunder lips. Be... <laughs> Thunder lips. Yeah. Yeah. The, the exhibition. The, exactly. Yes. The exhibition match. How many guys are carrying him in? No one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I want to see, I want to see such a shit show of a movie. Yes. Uh, but I agree with you, Burke. Like, I, I think, I think Creed one and two were really good movies. Like they, they did something for that franchise to kind of write the ship, so to speak. Like they yeah. did a good job with those movies. So I, I bet Creed three continues that, but at some point, you know, like, all right, when does it get as crazy as the Rocky franchise did with Rocky three? Uh, and maybe this is it. So that piques my interest a bit. So I'm going to give it a three out of five bourbons. Oh man, I'm I'm a four bourbon for sure. I've liked the first two, and if you can remake Mission Impossible seven times, you can keep making Rocky <laughs> movies with, with, yeah, yeah. with other yeah. with other characters, kids. Like when when do we get to see Clubber Lang's kid fight? Mm. That's what right know. now. <laughs> yeah, this would be great. <laughs> All right, last one, December sixteenth, Avatar two comes out the first one came out in 2005 does anybody remember what that one was about I what do, the hell actually. was james cameron doing for 17 years in between these movies uh he was just riding the, the big money that came out of that first one and just enjoying <laughs> life i thought it was a i thought it was a good movie i i loved it i actually yeah, i went and saw it in 3d movie. yeah yeah i thought the effects were unreal yeah cutting edge um, movie right in yeah 2005. i mean it was very awesome for sure right. yeah it was awesome to watch back then very long movie but you didn't really feel like it was necessarily that long you just kind of enjoyed the the scenery and everything which is really yeah you, you wished this place actually existed <laughs> bird watching yes unreal oh my god the bird watching <laughs> they're like dragons <laughs> yeah i i would have been in heaven i would have been uh, putting my tail on with plenty of wimp ladies there with their tails if you know what i'm saying anyways i do <laughs> yeah i don't know there was something to do with that movie i don't get it this many years later like what they're gonna do with it so and and i don't know that these effects and everything are gonna be that crazy like back then that's why it was kind of that exciting was because those effects were so new and i, I don't see how this is going to be that special to me honestly so maybe I'll, I'll give it like a two i'm gonna put this in like the who's the author of game of thrones jr martin dr yeah. seuss yeah, so it's like in the, <laughs> not Theodore Geisel, J.R.R. Martin. It's it's in that same category. It was almost like you know what? 
you've missed your window. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you produced was so good and so cutting edge and it made you so much money. Right. I get it. Like if I had that much money, like Scrooge McDuck, I'd be sitting back to like, why do I have to make another movie or write another book? Like, you know, piss off. Like I did my thing and you guys all paid for it, you know? So I feel like this is kind of it. Cause I think, I think Cameron signed on for like another one, two, or maybe three sequels that are now coming out in the next couple of years from a movie that came out 16 years ago. There is a, there's some sort of a deal where at Christmas time, they're going to alternate years between avatar and star Wars. Yeah. And so this year is 2022. Yeah. It's a harder one to do the remake of, but, or that one's a five for me, by the way, (laughs) Titanic two is a five. I'm just going to sit there with this boat on the bottom of the ocean. Whatever. I don't know. I'm watching. (laughs) But it's going to be, it's avatar in 2022. And then a star Wars movie in 23 avatar in 24 star Wars in 25. Like these people have planned out Christmas for us for like the next like five years, but at least, but at least with star Wars, it's kind of been on an every three year cycle since we've been in college. Right. Like almost right. right? Like this is weird. Like it's been 16 years and now they're going to release a bunch of avatar movies that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest though as much as i'm kind of uh shitting on them right now i'm gonna see them i'll watch the this is in my wheelhouse this is sci-fi i'm gonna watch this but i agree like i think what made the first movie so good is it was something we had never seen before it was in 3d 3d has run its course like they release things in 3d now and it's it's almost an afterthought it's it's annoying more than anything like all right we don't need to see these things in 3d but at that time that was amazing i'm gonna give this on the bourbon scale avatar two through six um, <laughs> no, I'll, you're, getting, I'll, you're getting like five years of pods ahead of you. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm go. sorry. I'm Slow sorry. down. Well, well, edit it out. Just put this in down the road. <laughs> I'll be here as the co-host. I'm gonna give this a, a I guess a a two. I'm not all that excited about it. That said, I'll probably see these movies <laughs> because of what it is. I'm I'm about there too. About a two or a three. I'm the not Avatar excited, but Disney Park is pretty cool, actually. I will is it? That. And that's kind of kept it alive, I suppose. And maybe that, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. yeah. They missed their window in 2008, I would say. They, that's they... what I mean. It's like it's a weird <laughs> yeah. the amount of time 17 between. years later. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like when you finally get the final book from J.A.R.R.R. Martin. If we ever the... do. Yeah. Right. It's going to be a decade after the yeah. last one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, enough movies as we've run through all of 2022 and the movies that are coming out. Let's uh, wrap things up, but real quick, let's hit the worst fantasy league ever. Uh, We're all still playing, sort of. Phil, you're not mad, you're just disappointed. It looks like my playoff run is going to come to a a halt uh, this week, and I am disappointed in two players equally. Saquon Barkley, because I had to start him at running back, and he amassed all 3.8 points. But I kind of saw that coming. Like, all right, this I didn't want to start that guy this season, right? And, and I had to. But then George Kittle, George Kittle, he's healthy. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. His team won. No, they lost. But they threw the ball all over the field, and he amassed all of four points. So I'm a little disappointed in those two stud athletes. Tom? What's crazy is I think I'm actually going to squeak one out against Tursic. Too close to call at this point. I've been watching is, all day. Yeah. It is, but CD Lamb, they're up 56 to 7. Is he still going to be on the field? I doubt it. And that's what he's got left. So I'm up by a uh, little less than three points. And I had you, Zeke. You've got I guess someone on the field. I guess Zeke is out. 
uh, Schultz uh, was out there as well, who gave me 22.2 points. But I, I'm actually going to go with uh, my pickup from this week, which was A.J. Brown, who had been on the IR forever, and I yeah. randomly picked him up, and he gave me 36 points. No, you're, so, you're, uh, you're, you're disappointed this is, who, this is who you're mad at. Oh, well, I'm disappointed. Oh, yeah. I miss. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, well, then I'm disappointed with uh, with Lockett. Lockett had a bet yeah. rough week with like six points. So, and I already gave you my answer of who I like. So now you, you're done with me. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. I'm going with Gronk. He only had three points for me today. Uh, and you know what? This is why I have USAA and Gronk doesn't. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, Tom, who gets your extra orange slices for playing really good? Well, thanks for coming coming to me. I would love to talk about this. <laughs> I'm going to go with this guy named AJ Brown that I picked up off the IR, who uh, scored 36.5 points at a huge game on Thursday night. If I if I don't make that move, I'm definitely not in this game. And I'm also, by the way, going to give some uh, orange slices to uh, Boyd for Cincinnati uh, because uh, Tursic had him on the bench with 25.5 points. Oh, yeah, so a Dak Prescott at 36.3 points on his bench. <laughs> And Stanford gave him 6.68. We're not to the shit talking part. Yeah. Yet. Wow. Man. <laughs> Danko, orange slices. Uh, orange slices for me. Uh, and I think I think this guy has been my orange slice recipient way more times than not. It's Debo. And I don't know what the mm-hmm. hell he's feeding those chickens in that chicken coop, but it is working. Debo is just kicking ass this season. And uh, I think this week he gave me 33 points as usual. All right, I'm going with Mahomes. He was awesome again. I could have used this type of play like two rounds ago when, you know, I needed to like secure and protect a playoff spot. Yeah, (laughs) but it didn't happen. So uh, in the playoffs, in the winner's bracket, it's not over yet, but it's looking a lot like it's going to be Bonhard against Burke in the finals. Uh, I I think Burke's got this win against Tristic Dunn. And sorry, Phil, Bonhard's got you beat. Oh, yeah. So Phil, in a cruel twist of fate, talk shit for Bonhard against Burke for next week in the finals. Oh, that's easy. Um, all right, here we go. As Jason <laughs> Bonhard, as Jason Bonhard, I'm going to say that uh, if it wasn't for Tom Burke's shooting in high school, Bonhard would have been inducted into the Hall of Fame 10 years earlier because of the assist he would have had and didn't have because the Iceman, as cold as ice, <laughs> couldn't hit a shot from anywhere on the court. And Bonner's going to use that to his advantage and um, take you out in the championship game. I don't believe any of that to be true, Burke. Uh, <laughs> I just have to talk shit as if I'm Bonner. Right, right. <laughs> All right, Burke. Yeah. I, I really do think you've got this one wrapped up. So talk shit to yeah. Bonhard in getting ready for the championship game. Of the worst fantasy league ever. <laughs> well, as I've already stated in the past, when I was playing against him, um, again, he's just he's not as nice as everybody thinks. But <laughs> going against what what Danko said, um, we had to pass the ball to Bonhart every time down the court before we could run the offense. So my shooting could not have ruined his his <laughs> chances of getting to the Hall of Fame early. I passed the ball plenty. I never got the ball back. That was actually our biggest problem is I didn't get enough shots as the Iceman. I might agree. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure how, what that has to do with fantasy football, but uh, uh, you're going down, Bonner. Perfect. In the super losers bracket, I finally figured this out. There's a bracket running right now where it's just Joe and Chuck repeatedly playing against I saw each that. Other. That's nice. hilarious. <laughs> Who's going to be the absolute loser? It's like a baseball it, best of seven. <laughs> yeah. And the good news is they are deadlocked at one and one after That's this That's hilarious. Week. So That's awesome. Who is going to, I don't know, 
win the super losers bracket <laughs> by not Man. being the worst one next week phil so chuck won this week and yep. next week will be the last time they face off because then yes. it, it, it's the end then of the playoffs over. right it's all done yeah I, i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the edge to the taylor swifts because i i think um th- they've had a rough season they, they went had a season where their their team management couldn't control their team so they had to give over management powers to to you gerbs and yeah. you change <laughs> you change their name and and probably traded some people to your team in hopes of a deeper playoff run <laughs> and all those kind of things, but it still you know, blew up in your face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it it didn't work out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure Karma. Did. Karma's a mugger. We all know it, it's, you know, it happens. I'm going to give the edge to the Taylor Swifts. I think they're going to pull off the championship best of three loser series next week. <laughs> Tom, who you got, Joey or Chuck? Excuse me, I'm going to go with Chuck also. I think Chuck may actually look at his team this week, whereas Joe may not look at his team this week, and uh, he may have like half the team with COVID. So I'm going to give the edge to the uh, Taylor Swifts. Um, I'm going to text Joe, and, and I'm going to take go. Joe next week. I'm going to encourage him to look at his nice. lineup. <laughs> uh, that's just cheating. <laughs> Boys, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now, and... We just did the whole show without mentioning that Neil deGrasse Tyson joined truth tellers like Chuck's cousin and Bishop Stagliano by pointing out that images of Santa's workshop with pine trees and snow-capped hills are geographically uninformed since the North Arctic is a lake. With that final nail in the Santa fake news coffin behind us, I hope you guys have a great week, a great start to the new year. I hope we can get together and do this again real soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Kurt. Released its list of the most admired. Huh? That's my favorite site. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Almost pulled off a Steve. You know, you control what you can control, right? Well, fuck. The and what's, what they could have controlled. <laughs> as a, st- as a, um, as a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a fan, a coach, a running back. No, the running back. Uh, the, the, the running back's your, coach. Your running back's. Um, Hands off. No, when you have your two or three running backs, whatever, what do you call it? Wishbone. Your, no, not the play calling. Formation. No. <laughs> Boy, um, Tom. This is what, what no, what's happening to you. Roster. I'm trying to think of what you talk the about. Running back I, I guess room. the rotation, I guess, is what I'm thinking of. Depth chart. Right, so yeah, we yeah, have depth chart, whatever. The bad passes by Baker, like to Njoku and like, like behind Njoku. Yeah. I don't know, man. Hits him in the hands. He's an mm-hmm. NFL receiver. I, make a play. He's getting um, millions of dollars to make that catch. So yeah. I don't know why we got to bring money into it. Four, you know, somehow, some way they get. No, you're not. No, nothing. Ah, oh, no. Gerbs, come on, last man. Week. Last week. <laughs> Somehow, some way. Clemson wins that one. <laughs> All right. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. I got I to gotta flip between like my outline and with you. the spreadsheet. Um, then I had to look up where the cheese at bowl was being played. <laughs> You need more screens, dude. We're in Good trouble for you. we're in trouble for this next one too. No, so to next up, there, <laughs> no doubt. Um, in the U.S. in Boiler Wikipedia finder Jimmy Wales.
feel like it's been such a long time since we've seen Tom Hanks in anything. Of course, Hollywood pretty much shut down there for a while. I mean, may, I guess maybe I've missed certain movies, but I, I don't feel like he's been anything in a while, has he? He was um, in like a, it was a Apple Plus. Did, yeah. Oh, a, okay. Military. It was a military kind of guy. Uh, oh, okay. Like the Apple well, he's Plus been movie. in two for Apple. He's been in that one. Oh, okay. And then there's oh, one okay. where it's like a post-apocalyptic. Oh, yeah. yeah he I makes a robot yeah. and he's got a dog and it's miserable. It wasn't a good movie. <laughs> oh, um, okay. anyway. Well, anyways. It- so I'm like, oh, I, I, they got to bed pretty early. We set up all everything and, um, I go downstairs. I'm like, all right, I'm not really ready to fall asleep yet, but yeah. what the hell am I going to do? This so is like I, a little I, kid's bedtime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I pulled up on my, on my phone. I'm like, oh, I have my Netflix on my phone. I have my Hulu on my phone. Like, this is going to be awesome. I can watch whatever I want. So I watched the uh, Festivus episode of Seinfeld. Nice. nice. <laughs> the whole, yeah, beginning that. I All forgot. the options. And you went to Festivus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Christmas I Eve. That. I figured, sure. okay, why not? Um, I forgot that. <laughs> I mean, obviously the festivist stuff in that episode is hilarious, but um, that's the whole, that's the whole episode where Kramer comes off no a 12 bagel, year, no yeah, 12 year work strike. <laughs> yeah. 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 And H and H. It's a good Kruger episode. Yeah. That's oh, all yeah. around. Yeah. Oh, God, like, yeah, uh, yeah. The festivist episode is a really solid one. It is really good. good. System fascinating. <laughs> Cougar, Cougar. George yeah. tells me you're you're, yeah. you're coming. You seen, <laughs> you seen the poll, Cougar? <laughs> I'd love to just Cougar. keep calling him Cougar. Cougar. Speaking of great, episodes, I don't think it was even in the script for him to say Cougar. He was just that's just oh, the way he was. Yeah, they just yeah, went sure. with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, never pronounce anything right or whatever. He just but that was like the funniest part of the show. Jerry Stiller just let him roll. Yep. Um, I watched Taco Fall get four rebounds flat-footed yeah. in the same possession tonight. Like the, they just stood <laughs> there. You see that all you, all you dunk too, where he, <laughs> yeah. like, he barely yeah. left the ground. So it was the He's game was already decided. Good. No, I love him. He seems like a wonderful man. But yeah. it was the He's fourth quarter. Good. The game he was already the kids decided. A thrill. That's a, yeah, oh my god, the kids a thrill. They uh, go oh, you know the crowd went crazy yeah. when he entered oh, yeah, the game. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. So that's fun. But he flat-footed he just stuck his arms up and got four, four offensive rebounds and they, he just kept dishing it to someone to shoot a three they'd brick it like all right do it again they fight right. and then we finally hit one Gar- and then garland it. oh my god man garland I, I i rolled my eyes at this before the season because i like whatever he could say whatever he wants but steph curry is the guy who said garland is like the next up-and-coming yeah. guard like him in the nba garland pulled up his dribble at the logo and drained yeah. like three threes in a row. Yeah. To, yeah. I'm like, holy shit. I felt like he was following protocols. I saw him get a pass at one point and there wasn't a guy within like 15 feet. And instead of pulling up to the line, he actually stayed back. I feel like he was doing his, his distancing uh, by shooting, it, <laughs> during by shooting it from half court. Yes. During the game, he's like, I'm going to keep my distance. That's right. He's like, I'll I got to stop this COVID outbreak. I'm just yeah. going to shoot it as soon I mean, as he I He literally could have moved forward 10 feet. There was nobody there. And he's like, nah, I'll just take it from here. Still early, ten thirty. Yeah, yeah. Burke's got to work tomorrow. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> these last couple, these Just last open couple weeks. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready wait, wait, for wait. work. Wait, I I completely misunderstood your comment. If you say so, meaning that you have to work tomorrow or that it's late. No, if you say so, that it's it's not late. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was funnier if you have to work tomorrow. If you say so. Okay. <laughs> All right, boss. Yeah, um, you are the monarch. The last couple of weeks, <laughs> I think we've been recording past the midnight hour because we've done it on like a Monday night, right? Yeah, we have. 
Yeah. 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 I look, I'm like, hour and 41 minutes. What the hell are these guys doing? <laughs> oh, man. The, the last two have <clears throat> been like total recording time has been over two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot. So much of it's this. It's just the outtakes. Well, right, you right. shrink it down, man. That's why I'm saying one, like 15 to 20 minutes a segment is the, the one week. Right. The one week. We, we laughed uncontrollably for 40 minutes without taking a breath because of Gerber's uh, Italian swing. Yelling out like the that, Italian stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, like, that like wasted a lot of tape. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could tell when you when you had moved on after that. I'm like, there's no way that moved on that oh, quickly. God. That had to go. That had to have been laughing forever. I mean, we were crying. We were absolutely crying. Yes. <clears throat> <clears throat> Why do all these adults feel I know. to destroy yeah, to piss yeah. on kids like uh, yeah. stop it yeah. like this is what you're working on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> we could use some other things yeah there's a comet hurling itself towards <laughs> right yeah like the yeah. earth do something I'll about that it, i tell you what it's not gonna hit santa's workshop because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it can't it's exist yeah 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 ah <laughs> oh, degrassi like come on man that's yeah. I That's hate like, to cut this short. I got to go put these guys to bed. Yeah, do that, man. All right, Bert, good to see you, man. Hey, good to see you, it. Tommy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great job tonight, man. <laughs> Glad you're feeling better. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. Happy All New right. Year. We'll talk yeah, to you soon. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think I'll talk to you before that. Yeah, but yes, yeah, happy, happy New Year. Yeah. All right, Maybe boys. if we see each other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See you, Berkey. Bye. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?